Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Lord, we are again thankful for today. We are thankful for the privilege that we have as your people gathering together in your name to go through your word. We ask this morning that you would fill us with understanding that every word that we read here, Lord, you'd uh, use it to stir up our faith as we await your return. So help us, God, to focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us read together. Beloved, I now write to you this second episode, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord Jesus, of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that coffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this very, for this they willingly forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perishes, perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are preserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him, to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation 
as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to us. As also in all his episodes, speaking in them of these things, in which some, some things had to understand which untaught and unstable people twist their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. This is the last word for a dying man to the dying world. He's seeing the condition of the world. He's written words before, and he's doing this as a way of reminding the people again of what should happen and what will actually happen. And it comes with a warning also. And as we learned last week that the twofold responsibility of a shepherd, of a good pastor, is to shepherd the flock and to warn them. Shepherd, tend the flock, feed them, and also warn them because we have people who will come and distort God's word. They did not just come the other day. They have been in the olden days. We had the prophets of God and we also had false prophets. And this he mentioned as we learned last week that there will be um, false teachers who secretly bring destructive heresies amongst you. They'll bring things that seems nice, but they are destructive. And today, as we are thinking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, because this is what he is talking about majorly in this last chapter. Because these coffers who came, they are refuting the fact of the return of Jesus Christ. We have a promise from the gospel. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have not told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That is wonderful. To know that Jesus said, hey, I am going to prepare a place, but for sure I will come again. And this is the thing that these coffers are trying to refute. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way to that place, you know also. Wow. So Jesus said, he said he's going to prepare a place for us. He's not just leaving us as he went. He said, hey, I'm not also leaving you as orphans. 
I'll leave my spirit with you. He will guide you. He will direct you. He will lead you to the ways of righteousness. So as you are awaiting for this time to come, you guys ought to live righteous lives. You ought to think about this day. If your eyeballs are focused on eternity, it will prepare you for this day that is coming and it will not be a dreadful day for the believer. But yet for those who are scoffers and those who are unbelievers, it will be a dreadful day, a dreadful time for them. And I will ask you this question. What does the second coming of Jesus play in your life on a day-to-day basis? Do you even think about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or you have given up the thoughts and the idea of the soon coming Lord? Because we have heard it so many times that Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. And yet... The systems of the world and the things, they've just structured themselves, that things are just repeating themselves. And these guys are saying, hey, where is the promise of his coming? Because since the beginning of the world, things have just been running, and there's a systematic way of things happening. You know, you're born, you're, you grow up, you're taken to kindergarten, you go to Primary school, high school, and then, you know, some go and look for work, you, some go for colleges, and you get married, you have children, you train them. It is just the same thing happening. And you're like, if this is the system, this is what has been happening from the beginning. There, where is the promise of his coming? What does the second coming of Jesus play in your life on a day-to-day basis? This reminder should prompt us to look back to what was and is written, that is the scripture, to look around and see what is happening because the scoffers are trying to bring something new and also to depart from their ways. And finally, to look ahead to Jesus Christ who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the things that he said will surely come to pass. If he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then he's not a liar. The Bible says that let men be liars, but God remains to be true. If he said it, it will surely happen. There are three themes that I want us to look for. The number one is the disregard of the coming, of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this is what they ask. When is he coming? When is he coming? Why are they doing that? Number one, they are running away from God's judgment. Saying, there's no God. So if there's no God, there's no judgment. So then what we are going to do, we are not going to be accountable to anyone or to anything. We will do as we please. We won't be accountable for our own, our own actions. And since there is a systematic pattern, we'll walk according to our own desires. Things are just, you know, we go through history and things are just repeating themselves. Where is the promise of the second coming? The apostle says, Beloved, I now write to you this second episode in both of which I stir your pure minds by the way of reminder 
that you may be mindful. In other words, these are not new things. I am reminding you again. I am prompting you to think about it. The Lord had said that he will come. He will surely come. We learned it last week. That if God did not spare the ancient world, why do you think he will spare these false prophets today? His word is yes and amen. His word is true. That you may be mindful of the words that were spoken before by the holy prophets. And the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. In other words, he's saying, the word of God as it is, is true. From what was written with the apostles of God and the prophets, they remain to be true. It does not contradict itself. Scripture interprets Scripture. What was of old still is alive today because it is the breath of God. If people of old tried to twist it to their own desires, we still have people today who are trying to do the same, to twist it to their own desires, refuting the second coming of Jesus Christ. For the believer who is holding on to God's word, they are looking forward for the return of Jesus Christ. For these scoffers, and by implication also the, the false teachers are included here, they want to live a careless life without accountability, and they drive, they're trying to drive this thought into the life of these people, the life of the true believers, so that you will do whatever you please because the Lord is not coming. Since there's a systematic pattern of this world, will walk according to our desires. Paul says in Romans that be warned do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Renew. <laughs> I'm glad he said that. Renew your mind. Because if you don't, someone else will come and plant a new idea into you and you will embrace it. I said last week that redundancy is a godly attribute. God likes doing that a lot. Reminding us every time, every time, every time. I read a story of a young boy who read the Bible and he, you know, he, he wanted to have some, you know, some toys to himself. And the parents were not able to afford them. And he was told by the parents that, you know, when you pray to God, he listens. So this boy bumped into the Bible and, you know, started reading the Bible, reading the Bible. And he read these promises that, you know, if you do things according to the will of God, then he will give you the desires of your heart. And also he read this part that we just read, that a thousand years are like one day, and one day is like a thousand. Like, hey God, it, it's written here in your word that if you ask something in your name, you give. I'm asking for this kind of toy that I've seen in the store, and I can't get it because my parents don't have money. And I've kind of prayed many times and I haven't seen you bringing it to me. 
And the, the Lord was gracious enough to respond to him and say, well, it is good you have read. It says one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years, like one day. Just give me a moment and I'll give it to you. Just give, you, give me what? A moment. So if, you know, since Jesus came physically in the world, is past 2,000 years. And the Bible says here, one day is like a thousand. A thousand like one day. So basically we would say it's been just two days. <laughs> it's just two days. It's not been long. God's mouth. God's time doesn't work with our brains. For us, it's, it's taken ages. It's taking a long time. God doesn't look time the way we do. He's delaying so that we can repent. And we are being reminded of these facts so that constantly we'll remember the Lord. Constantly we'll remember the Lord. His delaying is not denial. He hasn't denied us one thing. He's just within his time, actually. He's within his time. He's not late. He's not early. He's within his time. He says here that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. And the commandments of us, the apostles, the messengers of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, the scoffers will come in the last days. The deceivers will come in the last days. Man. They are already here. They are here with us. And these are, you know, people who are mocking us. They're mocking the gospel. They're mocking the believers. Say, so, hi, you said, you guys have said this God will do this and that and this and that. We ain't seeing nothing. Nothing is happening. But these coffers will come in the last day. And this has always been the biggest question for people. When is the last day coming? When is this last day? The last day began when Jesus Christ came. So it's the period between when he first came and when he will return. That is the last day. So basically all of us are living in the last day. We are right in the last day. And he said, that in the last day, these coffers will come, walking according to their own lusts, not following God's word as we, say, we saw it last week, that they have forsaken the ways of God. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Baal, loving the money. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. <laughs> they say, well, from the beginning things, there's a systematic way we see. When is he going to come? This is the events that we see from the time in memorial. Is he going to come? And number two, we're going to see the facts of his second coming. The facts of his second coming. Let me read you Isaiah 66, verses 15. The Bible says, Behold, for behold, the Lord will come with fire. 
and with his chariot like a wild wind, to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword, the Lord will judge all flesh. So God made a promise to Noah that he will never destroy the earth with what? With water again. And this will be the sign when it rains and you see the rainbow. That should be a reminder to you forever that I will never destroy the earth again with what? With water. But then the story changed. He say, judgment now is coming through what? Through fire. Which one is better? <laughs> is it water or fire? I don't know which one is better because water actually destroyed the earth. <laughs> Only eight, eight people survived. But then think about it this way. We all are interacting with fire nearly every day. We, we're getting burnt when we're making chapatis. <laughs> you know, we are frying potatoes, we are frying chicken, whatever we are frying, vegetable or ugali, whatever it is, we are frying using hot stuff. You've seen things melting away. You've lit a candle to help you with light when KPLC misbehaves. And you see how the candle melts, the way it's waxing out. It doesn't matter the fragrance, because nowadays we have, you know, like a strawberry smell of a candle, it's vanilla. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It is burning. <laughs> it's burning. It's waxing away. And some people think, you know, this world is their home. They are here forever. Think about Abraham and Lot and all those people of the old. Man, they, they had a lot of possession. But this earth was never their dwelling place. They dwelt on tents. Today they're here, tomorrow they're in the different location. But for many of us, we are living like we are here forever. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is our dwelling place. We'll build it with, you know, with metal, with stone, with wood, so that nothing can forever go through. Trust me, even if we build this church with a bulletproof kind of stones and glasses, when things are waxing away, it will wax away. When things are going down, this building is going down. We built it with God's resources for the glory of God, but when the world is waxing away, it's being burned up, this is going down. How safe are you as a person when the world is burning with fire? Everything will burn. Everything will wax away. If you make this earth your dwelling place, you don't want to move, the Lord is speaking to you, and you just steady there, you're not going anywhere. It is one thing to, you know, to pray to God. It's another thing to listen to his direction. Where is he telling you to go? What kind of ministry is he calling you into? Man, you, I, I don't have to find a lot of references from the people of old and how the Lord led them like Abraham, you know, coming from his own country and going to a place he doesn't know 
And he's just going. Why? Because the Lord told him to go. Where you, as far as your eyes can see, I have given you the land. Go and possess it. Go and do my will. I mean, it's good to refer from those. But also it's good to think about those men and women that we know today who have left their home places to go out for the sake of the gospel. Think about Storm from South Africa to the UK, UK to Kenya, and Kenya to Eldoret. I mean, think about Nairobi. Nairobi, we have goodies in Nairobi. That place is nice. <laughs> that place is you. Man, you guys, have you driven in the expressway in Nairobi? It's like you are in a different world. It's nice. A few minutes, you are in the other side. You're driving like crazy. It's awesome. It's wonderful. You're paying for it, but it's nice. You're like, well, if it's your first time, you're like, Lord, thank you for bringing me to Nairobi. This is the place. <laughs> you say, no, buy a car, drive through. Drive through, he finds himself in Eldorate. In Eldorate, he's setting up different things. In a few years, God is telling you, hey, you go to South Africa, go do a church there. That is where I'm sending you. I mean, how many people really listened to God when he's telling them, go? And they know for a fact that God has confirmed this and we are going to do the church in this place. Even Josh, you know, just newly married, coming to Africa, coming to start a church, you don't know what is going to happen. You invite everyone to church, they say, we shall surely come. You come on Sunday, you are by yourself. What a weird world we're living in. Are we really listening to God? And if we are listening, are we doing his will? I'm glad we have those references with us today. The people who are following after God. But we are warned not to follow the ways of these covers. Who will ask where is the promise of the return of the Lord? For this they willfully forget. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like they don't know the facts about it. They have chosen to forget. <laughs> Willingly. Like I was, I'm supposed to go to town to do something, but I, have, I am willingly assuming the fact that I need to go to town. <laughs> I know that I'm supposed to go, but I'm choosing not to. Were there benefits for me going to town? Probably yes, but I'm choosing not to. There are many benefits for people to attend a fellowship on a Thursday evening, Sunday morning, but some people, they willingly choose to stay at home. <laughs> they willingly choose to hold on to their blankets. It's very nice. Like Sunday is the only day I have to spend for myself and to do my own things. So I'm going to stay at home. Before you, you pull the blanket for the second time, you'll hear the trumpet one day. <laughs> like, Lord, let me get ready, you know. <laughs> it will be too late for you. But thank God you guys are not with your blankets. So what are these facts? It was predicted by the prophet. The prophet predicted that this day would come, that the world would be burned up, that God's judgment will come with fire. And the apostle is affirming this too. Say, hey, all these elements, the heavens and the earth, they'll burn. They'll burn. So don't hold things so tight in this world. They'll go away. And this day, it is unforeseen by the non-believers. They don't see it. They have chosen to indulge and do their own things. 
But he says here in, in verses 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will met with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And you're like, man, can, God, can you just, you know, sanctify the world <laughs> so that you don't burn it, so that you don't destroy it? It will be destroyed at the end of time. And this, we see the made Amos and uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah, they have spoken about these days. But do you know the difference between the believer and the non-believer? Because when the day of the Lord comes, it's a rejoicing moment for every believer. Why? Because the promises of God are becoming true and he is coming to take you to a place where there will be no sicknesses, no crying, no gnashing of teeth, all these things will be with him forever and ever. The heavens will pass away. There will be the melting elements. The earth will burn. All these things will happen. But these people, they do what? They willfully forget That by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in water. They're forgetting that it is by the word of God that the world was made. It is by the word of God but the, that, that the world stands. And the same word that brought the earth out of nothing into existence, the same, same word is preserving this world for this day of judgment. That is terrible. By which the world that existed perished, being flooded with water, as we learned last week. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire. <laughs> they are preserved and reserved for what? For fire. So don't be lied to. Don't say, hey, uh, this thing is not going to work. It's not going to happen. It is reserved for fire until that day of judgment. Meaning, this day is surely coming. Everything and everyone will be judged for the things that have happened. And then we have the effects of the second coming. He's, he's not slack to his promises. If he says he will destroy the earth, I mean, how, how, how old is this planet? In contrast to how the Lord counts days. A thousand years is like one day. Thousand years, one day. One day, a thousand years. Meaning, many of us, we, we haven't even lived a second. <laughs> we haven't lived a day, a minute, in contrast to the timing of God. But I say, all these things will perish. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in the holy conduct and godliness 
What kind of person are you supposed to be in light of what is going to happen? Are you going to be among the scoffers who are asking the promise of the coming? Or are you amongst the people who are eagerly awaiting this day with joy and gladness? Looking for and hastening the coming. And this is a question, how can we hasten the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? We don't know how that can happen, but one thing we can do is to go out joining in the task of calling people to repent. Why? Because the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us. He's not willing that people should perish, but they should come to what? To repentance. That's probably why he hasn't returned. Because he's giving you and I a chance to make things right. I mean, if the Lord had come some time back, man, a lot of people would have been in trouble. But he's giving us time and opportunity for us to repent. And what do we do? We wait longing for the new earth and the new heavens, pursuing godliness. Pursuing godliness and everything that he's provided for us, for life and godliness, as we learned the past two weeks. Everything that is good for godliness, he's provided. And so the Lord is not slack. Listen to what he says here in Revelation 21. As we conclude, as I bring the worship team to come, this is what he says. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people, and God will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. These words are true and faithful. Remember he's saying, John is saying, Say, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Probably one of the reasons why this hath has to be done away with because there's a lot of curses that was placed upon this earth. Right in the beginning when human beings disobeyed God, God placed a curse on this earth. He doesn't want just to refurbish what is here, but he wants us to totally give us a new earth. What a wonderful God. And if you read here in Revelation, this new city, new Jerusalem, this cubical city, the measurement and what is made out of. Awesome, wonderful, and beautiful. But then I'm thinking, man, those who love you know, to be around the seas, 
They're like, what are you talking about here? Say, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away and there was no more sea. <laughs> There's no more sea. You're wondering what is this going to be? Probably there's no more need for it. But you know what he said that is very important? That in this other place, say that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Because this the former earth, there was a lot of death and the curses. This new one, there's no more death, no sorrow, no crying. I mean, no, no more paracetamols, no more maramojas, no more antibiotics for your children and for people. It's new. Behold, everything is new. Wiping away our tears. No more pain for the former things have passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. All things new. All, not one. I don't know if you're looking forward to this place. The apostle says, hey, finally, as the writer says, he say, grow as we are waiting. We are still in this art that has, has a lot of pain, a lot of heartaches, a lot of sicknesses and deaths. They grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Grow. Make it a point to search the scriptures. Not just on a Sunday morning, not on a Thursday evening, every day. There are vast opportunities for us to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we are looking forward to. This dreadful day is for those who do not believe. And the Bible said that this day will come upon them like a thief in the night. It's not saying, by the way, that the Lord will come like a thief. It doesn't say in the scriptures. It says the day, that very day, will come like a thief. But we studied this in the letters that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. That there will be a sound of trumpets blowing. And those people will be like, man, we were not ready. We were asking where is the promise of his coming. He's right here. It will be a dreadful day for them. But for those who are holding on to God, it will be good. We're being taken to a place where there will be no more pain. Hopefully, we are looking forward to those times. Hopefully, our minds are set or our minds are gazing upon the heavens. May the Lord help us as we wait. And this word, I first heard it and I'm like, what, what is this word? It was used in the early churches and the early Christians. They used to say, Maranatha, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. They've been waiting for the Lord. Many of them have gone to be with the Lord. We are still waiting for the Lord. Some of us might go. Some of us might find us alive. Whatever the case, let him, let you be found in him. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the promise that we know is true. Not as these coffers are asking, but we know from your word. It is yes and amen. It is true, O oh God. 
help us to embrace the fact of your return you say that where you will be we shall be also help us help us to focus on that truth help our eyes to gaze upon you and thank you Lord as we await give us the patience the long suffering as we continue to be in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.